Today on Gamerhood Radio. That's right, I'm flying solo today, but I'll do the best I can to keep this interesting for you. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio. My name is Charlie Worthley, your Technotronicorn. Candy Mountain, Charlie. And today I am here by myself. Uh, the stars did not align, and I was not able to find somebody to ho- co-host the show with me. But that's okay, because uh, this is going to be a little bit, a uh, little bit different of a show. Um, if you missed the announcement uh, posted to the feed a little over a week ago, then I'm sorry to have to inform you that uh, Mike Nemitz, a.k.a. Viking Jesus, has decided to leave Gamerhead Radio in the possibly capable hands of myself and Goat. Uh, so, uh, further complicating things, Goat is still out on tour, so at least for a few more weeks, um, I will be doing the show um, today, well, as I said, just by myself, and uh, for the rest of the episodes, we do have some guest hosts uh, lined up for some various topics. Um you know, just uh, trying to keep things fresh and interesting, and uh, while Goat and I figure out what uh, what we're going to do with Gamerhead going forward, um, I uh, can't tell you what yet, but I can tell you we do have some plans in the works, and um, I think uh, I think at least a fair amount of you are going to be pleased with um, with uh, wh- how, where we take the show. At least I certainly hope so. I can uh, I can definitely say Gamerhead Radio uh, will not be the same without Mike, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, briefly, I'll go ahead and mention, I won't, uh, talk to myself for too long here, uh, for the last couple weeks, um, uh, I picked up Lego Batman 3, uh, Michelle and I have been playing that a little bit, we, we got into it, and, uh, it seems like it's gonna be pretty good, um, you know, we, uh, we've played a lot of the Lego games in the past, and, uh, we've enjoyed pretty much all of them, so, uh, it's gonna be, uh, it looks like it's gonna be another good entry here, uh, I also, uh, picked up, uh, Shape Up, the uh, the the basically the Connect uh, powered workout game that is the pretty much the spiritual successor to the Your Shape Fitness games that Ubisoft put out uh, previously for the original Connect on the 360. Uh, this is the new version, and uh, I'm going to well, I at least I have plans on uh, getting into that with the start of the new year, and I'm um, trying to lose some of this beer gut that I've managed to accumulate over the last year or so. Uh, craft beer is delicious, but it also is very rich in calories. So, uh, yeah, time to counteract some of that. And then I also picked up, uh, haven't played it at all yet, but I picked up Shadow of Mordor. Those, the last three games I mentioned I did on uh, Target's Buy 2 Get 1 uh, sale that they were running. So I took advantage of that, and uh, uh, you know the reviews on that are pretty good, and I've talked a little bit about that in the past, and so um, hopefully uh, hopefully that, uh, that pans out to be an enjoyable game. But, uh, you know, the reviews, like I say, reviews are decent, so should be all right. Uh, but enough about that. Uh, so uh, we'll go ahead and we'll cover uh, a couple of the top news stories from the last week, and then uh, we'll get into our feature, which will be uh, remembering Mike Viking Jesus' time with us here at Gamerhead Radio. But for right now, let's uh, let's see what the industry has been up to this last week. (music) 
Yeah, so first off, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sales numbers coming in at number five. Um, t- uh, pretty much at the end of the year now, and so we can talk a little bit about uh, comparable sales numbers compared to the last couple of years for uh, consoles, just to kind of see how they're doing and performing against their predecessors and how um, uh, against uh, those consoles in the same periods before. Um, basically, looking across the spread, unsurprisingly, um, the PS3, the Wii, and the Xbox 3 sales have drastically slowed down as we come into 2014 with the new consoles coming in. Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the PlayStation 4 at this stage um, is definitely way ahead of the pack. Uh, currently looking at about 8.8 million uh, units sold. And um, that's... Uh, more than twice of the Xbox One's uh, 3.8 million. Uh, so, you know, been a lot of conversations in the past about, um, you know, the uh, analyzing Microsoft's decision to have the Xbox One at the higher price point and bundling the Kinect in, and then looking at their uh, their retractions on policies and their changing, flip-flopping at uh, their directions and the way that they were going to go. And so, you know... Uh, there has been a lot of debate, and there will probably continue to be debate uh, for a long time going forward about, you know, the, the decisions that Microsoft could have made and uh, what they could have done to uh, come out of the gate a little bit more ahead in terms of sales in relation to the PS4. Uh, Wii U, on the other hand, um, you know, faring even worse, looking at about 2.2 million units uh, during the period of 2014 to date. And uh, just for comparison's sake, uh, the 360 in the last uh, last year, you're looking at 1.7 million units. PlayStation 3 is at uh, about 2.9 million. Uh, so the uh, PlayStation 3 is selling better than the Wii U. Uh, take that for what it's worth. And then the original Wii is still somehow managing to sell almost a half a million units um, for the uh, strange people out there who somehow don't have one of those yet. Um, I almost figure that they might be just replacing consoles that are dying after this long. Who really knows? Looking at the mobile side of things, uh, the 3DS in the last year has sold about uh, a little over 6 million units. Uh, Vita is looking at uh, 1.8 million. And the uh, PlayStation Portable PSP is looking at uh, about the same, almost exactly the same as the Wii, just under uh, half a million units sold. So uh, pretty unsurprising based on what we've seen up to date. In terms of general market share, um, you know, at, the, at this stage, you know, the, the PlayStation 4 has about 60% of um, eighth generation consoles. Uh, that'd be, you know, looking at the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and the Wii U. Uh, so 60% of the PS4, about a little over 25% of the Xbox One, and uh, approximately 15% to the Wii U. Um, so yeah, that's definitely sounds about right. Uh, 3DS is about 77% and, uh, Vita is about 23%. So a whole lot of numbers. Um, but then the question becomes is what do they mean? And, uh, what are we look, what, what, what are we expecting that's going to happen going forward? Now the, um, in terms of Nintendo, you know, they haven't been doing horribly great recently. Um, however, they do have a couple, uh, couple of good, uh, good things to talk about. We've uh, talked a little bit before about um, you know, Nintendo's uh, recovering profitability thanks to uh, sales of Mario Kart, Mario Kart and uh, sales of Smash on 3DS and pre-orders of Smash on Wii U. Well, speaking of Smash on 3DS, uh, Nintendo was proud to announce that, uh, uh, that it was the 10th 3DS game to sell 1 million units. Uh, the, um, so, you know, it's, uh, doing quite well as far as that goes. 
Uh, Mario Kart 7, currently the best-selling 3DS game with about 3.6 million units. Of course, that's since it came out, not in the same, uh, you know, first month period. Um, but, uh, you know, for a game to sell, you know, mo- almost a third of, uh, in a month, what Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS has sold in its entire time out, I mean, that's definitely a... Definitely a good start for that game. So uh, between that and uh, what we're most likely going to see out of sales of uh, Smash on Wii U, barring some catastrophe, uh, you know, Nintendo might finally be able to have some uh, some re- a couple of really good reporting quarters here. Uh, and they definitely need it. Um, in terms of the in terms of the Xbox One, uh, Major Nelson posted on his blog. A couple weeks ago, back on November fifth, um, something that uh, that I had recognized being an Xbox One owner, but I was uh, really, really re- encouraged to see actually written down in numbers um, in the Xbox One's first year. Um, it, they have literally uh, improved the console with hundreds. It's plural of new features. Um, if you go to his blog, you can see like the full rundown of everything. But um, you know, the the one thing that Microsoft has definitely done right with the xbox one is they've they've kept up on changes they've adapted to community feedback and every single month uh they've come out with uh, new features and improvements and uh usability uh you know improvements to the to the way the console works and the menus and just everything uh you know they've they've constantly been iterating uh the xbox one and um and uh, i i think personally um you know with, with news like this i um i hope that you know, I, you know, I'm an Xbox One owner, so of course I'm biased. But um, you know, on top of that, you know, we've we've talked before, like you know, the last thing we want is for anybody to go out of business. You know, Microsoft going out of business, the Xbox One being a failure, would be bad for the video game industry as a whole. Less competition is not good for anybody. So um, I, I think that all of us reasonable people can agree that um, the best thing for the console industry is for all three major consoles to be able to find their place and improve and thrive and do well so that uh you know we can keep at least a three console you know uh you know competition going here um but uh but yeah the um you know i i can speak from personal experience you know the xbox one is is considerably better now than it was the day that i bought it just in terms of stability and usability uh you know you know it's it, it, to be fair there are many things that out of the box did not work as well as they should have for even a generation one, you know, you know, a a version 1.0 product, you know, things that are relatively simple as getting to your friends list and, um, and, uh, seeing achievements for a game, you know, were especially coming off of something that was as, as well done as the Xbox 360 is and the way that their dashboard is, you know, the, uh, it was a gigantic step down from the current 360 to the version 1.0, um, of the Xbox One, but they've made up a considerable a considerable amount of that ground. So uh, here's hoping that they uh, that they keep up on that. Now on the Sony side of things, uh, Forbes posted an uh, an op ed a couple days ago, uh, the, the yesterday as a matter of fact, um, and the title of this is um, this was written by Dave Thier, who's a contributor uh, to Forbes.com. And uh, he writes, a year in, PS4 is resting on its laurels, and it's not going to be enough. And basically what he's alluding to is pretty much what the, the growth and the progress that we've seen on the Xbox One side of things, we just haven't been seeing 
on the PlayStation 4. Yes, they've had some updates, but the, the rate and the quantity, and some might say quality, of the updates that we've been seeing on the PS4 just haven't been up to where the Xbox One is. Um, now, some might say that Microsoft just had that much more ground to catch up on, and you know the PlayStation 4 needed less improvements and uh, you know less polish out of the gate than the Xbox One did. I would say that that might be fair. Um, I don't, you know, I haven't spent any amount of, uh, you know, quality time with the PS4, so I can't speak to that personally, but um, I, I could definitely see that argument. Um, but again, that being said, still, um, you know, the, if Microsoft keeps up on this rate, um, you know, the, uh, you know, one, one thing that I think is indisputable is that the Xbox 360, when it came out, you know, it went through two major, uh, at least two major dashboard revisions. I mean, you know, the, the, the Xbox 360 that was launched, compared to the Xbox 360 of today, you know, the, um, I, I've mentioned this before, the, you know, the, the improvements that they were able to make just on software, using the exact same hardware, the exact same console, they managed to breathe new life and new features and new functionality into that console time and time and time again. You know, so Microsoft has a proven track record of being able to take something that's exi you know, take their existing product, and you know, just through software updates, radically increase the uh, the functionality and the usability of the console. Um, you know, on the PlayStation side of things, um, personally, now I do have a PS3. I've owned a PS3 almost since launch. Um, I do have a, a one of the launch models. I just didn't get it on launch day, but. Um, you know, when I, when I look at the progression of updates on the PlayStation side of things, it's pretty similar. Um, you know, aside from some minor things like, uh, you know, they revamped the store, which they definitely need to do. Um, and, um, you know, the addition of some, you know, uh, features, quote unquote, like uh, like PlayStation Home. And uh, some other just functionality and um, you know usability things like that. You know they, they definitely improved upon it, but I, in my personal opinion, nowhere near to the scale of what Microsoft did with the 360. So my point in all this is that you know as, as of right now, there are more than double the PlayStation 4s in people's homes than there are Xbox Ones. So you know X, the you know Sony has a dramatic uh, head start coming out of the gate here. Um, but I, 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 I'm still definitely not counting the Xbox One out um, just because of Microsoft's proven track record with what they're able to do with software updates and being able to, you know, prove to gamers and uh, consumers uh, that, you know, that their console is worth getting. Um, I mean, you know, this whole thing is kind of the flip side of, you know, the, the, the 360 and the PS3 launch. The PS3 launch... You know, it was the more expensive console out of the gate, and it didn't sell as many units, uh, greatly because of the price, I'm sure. But now, you know, the PS3 is selling more units than the 360. Um, you know, as far as, you know, that uh, goes a little bit against what I was saying as far as, um, you know, I, I well, what I would say as far as that goes is that, you know, it's, I think the 360 just hit a saturation point where, you know, the vast majority of people that were going to get a 360 already got one. And now that the, that the PS3 has dropped in price, and um, I think PlayStation Home is also a... I'm sorry, not PlayStation. Ha, uh, PlayStation Plus 
um, I think is a huge selling point for the PlayStation 3. Um, you know, with that whole instant game library thing. And, um, you know, with especially with the sale that they had on uh, PlayStation Plus, um, I believe last, last Black Friday was the first time, uh, if not one of the first times, that uh, the PlayStation Plus had ever been on sale. Where you could get a year subscription on uh, Amazon and various other outlets for, I think, like 30 bucks, which is like half price, uh, give or take. Um, and uh, you could buy multiple years and stack them up and everything. I, I know I bought two. Um, I, I think that that really, really gave PS3 sales a kick in the pants. So, um, anyways, a whole bunch of different factors. Um, I'd like to know what you guys think in terms of uh, the consoles and what you guys think is going to happen. Um, but yeah, so that that's where we are with console sales. Uh, long story short, I think everybody's doing um, pretty well. You know, so uh, Microsoft's uh, Nintendo's behind, but I think uh, software, uh, you know, their their titles are going to catch them up. PS4 definitely has a good lead. They just need to find some way to keep it up. And Microsoft is behind, but have been improving radically. So we'll uh, we'll have to see where all that all goes. Coming in at number four. Uh, for a long time, including on this podcast, uh, the website Metacritic has been a, uh, a debated source of reviews. Um, well, it, so in case you're not sure what I mean by that, um, and in case you're not familiar with Metacritic, uh, Metacritic.com is basically a website that aggregates reviews from multiple review sites and um, puts them together into, um, into what they call a Metascore. So the thing that Metacritic aims to do is give the consumer one place to go to see what the consensus review score is for, uh, you know, for the game or movie or album or TV show or whatever it is that they're interested in to see what the quote unquote average is that all the reviewers um, are, are uh, you know, what, what the average is of all the, of all the reviews. The problem with this, especially if you were to ask, um, a lot of game developers and, re- and uh, other reviewers is that uh, Metacritic hasn't ever really said what their formula is for figuring out the scores uh, that they that they say that different websites are giving to whatever the content is. So what I mean by that is, uh, for example, Kotaku uh, doesn't have um, you know they don't have a traditional scoring system they don't uh give a you know a, a, you know they they don't score on like a one to five or a hundred or abcd or whatever their scoring system is basically should you play this game yes or no and then they give uh, reasons why and um but metacritic will use some internal formula to take these reviews and turn them into a score that's out of a hundred um and sometimes that they have been they have been criticized for um you know that uh, that the number that they've come up with has been too high or too low. Now you might ask, why is this a problem? Well, there be, because Metacritic ended up being well, at least they've they've tried to position themselves to be in such a good place to give like the average. A lot of publishers have looked at Metacritic and used that as like their own scoring system for how well a game was. So you've we, we've run into stories where. You know, game developers and publishers have basically said, you know, um, you know, if if a game does poorly on Metacritic or whatever, you know, you might not get a bonus. You know, talking to like the developers and the different people that work for them, like, you know, so if a game doesn't get a Metacritic score that's high enough, you know, you might not get a bonus or you might not even have a job. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, Metacritic has been taken very seriously, perhaps too seriously, especially by uh, the game industry itself. 
you know, what uh, what was meant to be a useful tool for consumers has almost become a uh, has almost become a threatening point for developers and publishers to use against their employees. However, this is in the news because um, last week, uh, COO Justin Bailey of Double Fine um, at a session at the Montreal International Game Summit uh, basically said. Yeah, uh, Metacritic is pretty much all but obsolete as far as that kind of thing goes. Um, and so this is potentially, well, good news for everybody. Uh, he was quoted as saying, there's no need to obsess over Metacritic. Uh, we've basically seen Metacritic all but become obsolete right now. We get obsessed with it. Other developers get obsessed with it. The press gets obsessed with it, but it doesn't really matter as far as the sales of the game. I think who's looking at the gaming press are, for the most part, other developers. And so it seems important to other developers. I'm just not certain how many gamers are going to the press. It seems they're being siphoned off into Let's Play and other avenues. They're going to review sites as the gateway to find their reviews. Uh, that was um, uh, some quote from Justin Bailey. Uh, so basically what he's saying is that uh, he doesn't believe that the meta, the meta score is actually affecting sales of the game. You know, that, uh, like he said, the gamers are instead getting their reviews from uh, watching people play through the game and, and Let's Plays on YouTube and Twitch and whatever, um, or just for various other sources. So um, it's just, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, one of the... You know, one of the bigger, I don't know if you'd still call Double, I don't think I'd call Double Fine an independent developer, but, um, you know, they're they're one of the more uh, art house developers, I guess you could say, uh, you know, come out and basically say, like, you know, we're really not worried about the Metacritic score anymore. So um, I think that's good for them and the, and the gaming industry because, you know, I, I don't think it's good for any industry to be able to have a tool like this to use to threaten against their employees. I, I don't think that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it should be that cut and dry, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I think it's good for Metacritic as this will get some of the heat off their back. Because personally, as a consumer and as a game player, I appreciate what Metacritic is trying to do. I, I don't, I, I personally don't find that I have the time to be able to go to, I don't want to just look at Polygon for reviews or I don't want to just look at IGN for reviews. I appreciate having the uh, place to go where I can get a consensus of all um, of all the different places, and so you know, you know, no, nobody, nobody but Metacritic is going to be able to speak to their formula and whether or not it's fair or not because we don't know. Um, but generally speaking, um, I would say that it's it seems like the games that get good Metacritic scores are generally viewed to be pretty well. I mean, like you might get these one-offs here and there where you know where they don't really match up, but you know the the vast majority of reviewing websites do use some sort of rating system that metacritic can feed off of you know uh, sites like kotaku where they just basically say yes or no um or maybe um you know is another one of their ratings um you know they you know that kind of approach is in the minority and so you know it's um you know it's entirely possible that something like that doesn't factor in that much but point is um you know, it's 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 good to see that the industry is pulling back from taking uh, Metacritic as being as serious as they are. So, um, I think that's good all around. Personally, let me know what you guys think. So, coming in at number three, um, if you own a Wii U or one of the new um, 3DS units that has the NFC uh, capabilities built into it, and you're interested in uh, getting Nintendo's new Amiibo figures, you have another option to do so. 
Uh, first, in case uh, you are not familiar, the Amiibo figures are basically, um, uh, you're, at the very least, you're almost certainly familiar with the Skylanders and uh, Disney Infinity type in figures, where they're, they're small plastic collectibles that have NFC chips in them, where you, you can use them to interact with the game by basically scanning them into the game, and uh, they can carry stats, and you can level them up, and so it's... Uh, that's uh, it's just a new way that you can kind of interact with your games and um, uh, level up characters and kind of move them back and forth between games. So we'll get into that too much. But if you are interested in getting Amiibos, uh, but the idea of going out and uh, picking them all up in one big lump sum doesn't interest you, well, uh, Loot Crate has another option for you. If you haven't heard of Loot Crate, um, it's basically one of several... Uh, th th there's a new fad of the, the, the box by mail subscription service that I've noticed over like the last year, maybe two, where um, I feel like Loot Crate was one of the first, but the, the, the idea behind this is that you basically pay a monthly subscription um, and in the in every month you get a box in the mail with stuff. And I've seen these subscriptions for um, you know like the Dollar Shave Club, which you may have heard of, which is uh, basically it's it's uh, you get uh, you know a pack of razor blades and whatever else every month. Um, there's a Nature Box and several other um, like snack and uh, and uh, like health food companies that do this. Um, I'm fam I'm familiar with um, It Works, which is basically like a um, a, a diet supplement. And um, uh, like, you know, beauty supplement and things like that uh, service so that uh, you can get, um, you know, vitamins and things like that every month. Well, Loot Crate is basically that same idea, but with stuff for geeks. Um, you know, the way they usually work is that each of the boxes has some sort of theme. Like they've had like a superhero themed one and, uh, you know, basically, you know, any, any sort of geek genre or whatever that you can get into. They've had there, you know, it, they, I'm sure they've done a box on it at some point. And um, you get one of these boxes and it has a whole bunch of stuff in it. Well, Nintendo and Loot Crate are partnering up so that you can actually get some of your Amiibos uh, by subscription through Loot Crate. Um, the, the way this is going to work is that um, it's going to be over three weeks. You can get three weekly shipments of $55 per crate, which includes shipping. Or, an, there are, or you can do an all-at-once payment of $155. And what that gets you, for those of you who just fell over, is uh, the first week you get four figures, second week you get four more figures, and the third week you get the final two of the ten figures that this promotion includes, as well as a whole, as so, well some other swag like uh, mini magazines, a cinch bag, t-shirt, and some other extras that are spread, spread between all three of the shipments. The Amiibos by themselves uh, are going to retail for $12.99 a piece. And so when you look at four of these um, by themselves, you're looking at $52. But then that's, of course, before tax and um, whatever shipping that you would be looking at if you were to pay for shipping to get these things delivered to you. So, um, you know, when you're, uh, when you're looking at $52, give or take, uh, minus a couple pennies, um, you know, compared to the $55 that this is uh, charging you, um, it uh, starts, if you were looking at getting all the Amiibos anyways, it's, uh, it's, looks it starts to become not that bad of a deal especially considering um you know they're talking about the the you know this other various uh, merchandise and swag that are going to come in the boxes um that might not be available elsewhere so um if you are looking at getting amiibos um this loot crate promotion might be of interest to you um, as of this time uh, it isn't completely certain which of the 10 characters you're going to get in which package but it looks like at least based on some artwork on the Loot Crate website, it looks like the first box will likely contain Mario, Pikachu, Kirby, and Donkey Kong. 
Second box would be Yoshi, Samus, Peach, and Star Fox. And the third box containing what looks like uh, Luigi and Zelda. So, um, yeah. Like I said, if you're if you're looking at getting amiibos, this might be an interesting way to do it. And you can get more information on that at uh, lookslikelootcrate.com. It's so coming in number two. You might remember from uh, earlier this year um, the story about uh, Microsoft sponsoring a dig out in the uh, New Mexico desert to uncover a landfill where, at the time, supposedly uh, hundreds or you know potentially thousands of um of uh cartridges of the old atari game uh et the extraterrestrial were buried just because of supposedly how bad it was well that documentary happened they dug them up and they found them and they uh they uh you know they filmed the whole process and as uh has been announced that the uh the documentary called atari game over will be premiering on thursday november 20th on xbox one xbox 360 and xboxvideo.com uh, it will be free for everybody to see for um as if you as long as you have a gold or silver uh xbox live subscription and of course an xbox silver subscription doesn't cost anything so basically it's free for everybody major nelson uh wrote on his blog that it's going to utilize a number of interactive features on the xbox platform including the ability to leave comments on the film that stay on the film's timeline so your friends can see what you said at the same point in the film so it sounds like if you ever used soundcloud uh where you've where you've been able to like comment on specific parts of uh an audio recording sounds like the same idea um the film's director zach penn will also leave comments so yeah you get kind of get a free uh text commentary along with it so that's kind of neat uh, there's also numerous other outtakes and behind the scene clips that are accessible for viewers so um, it's uh, it's it's cool that um, you know originally Microsoft was planning on uh, developing this whole video side, uh, this whole video uh, department of um, you know division, I guess would be the right word of um, producing content for the Xbox platforms, which they folded up a couple months ago. Um, so it's just good to see that um, that they're taking this uh, this product, especially talking about something that uh, that really applies to everybody. It's, it's I mean it's clearly certainly not Microsoft specific. So um, it's uh, it's it's if you ask me, it's pretty cool of them to be able to basically put it up for anybody to see. The only thing, uh, only thing that's required is an Xbox Live sign-in, which um, you know the the free accounts apply as well. So um, I will certainly be checking that out. Um, probably talk about that a little bit next week. And um, so if any of you guys uh, happen to catch the documentary, uh, be sure to uh, write into the show and let us know what you thought of it. Finally, coming in at number one, I'm going to save the uh, you know the 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 in-depth coverage of this for a later discussion because I actually want to have some other voices in the room um, to uh, to discuss the topic but uh, the last week or two or three we've seen um, an unfortunate continuance of games being released that are just not ready to be released um, a slew of games have been coming out recently um, or updates for games have been coming out that have been buggy and uh, not complete, and um, some some more so than others, some almost hilariously so. Um, you've got Assassin's Creed Unity with their disappearing skin on uh, people's faces, which is awesome. Um, you've got Drive Club, which has had uh, the multiplayer be pretty much unusable to the point where now they're giving away free DLC as an apology. Uh, the, PS, uh, the PC version of Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, um, their multiplayer has been having some issues. Um, the Halo Collections Online multiplayer was not working correctly. 
Uh, day one players of World of Warcraft, Warlords of Draenor. I'm probably going to get emails telling me how I did not pronounce that correctly, but sorry, not a WoW player. Um, we're ha having uh, problems with long queue times and other connection issues. Um, apparently, due to a, a DDoS attack, which uh, basically means that people were, uh, there was a group of people that were interfering with them, but still, you know, didn't have the server capacity or the ability to, uh, you know, mitigate the attack. So, you know, they were having problems. And then um, you're even seeing uh, this, uh, we had um, alien uh, isolation, which previously was, seemed to be doing okay, but they got a, uh, they got a patch update that caused a whole lot of problems. And so, you know, the, uh, the, the question here is, when are game companies, you know, see, of course, I, I'm speak. I, I wish I could get a game developer in the room, somebody who works in a game development company can actually speak to this directly. Um, because it, it's one of those things where unless you are a developer and have worked on a game and have had to experience deadlines and, you know, and, uh, you know, other departments relying on you and just the, 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 the pressure that I can only imagine unless you've actually experienced that none of us can really talk about it and so i speak from a very uneducated standpoint when i say i don't really understand how this happens you know you hear about these games that have these you know like like multi-million dollar like you know to the you know you know like to the in the tens and the hundreds of uh, millions of dollar budgets and you know you know you know we've uh, we've talked before about the length of game trailers uh, of, of game credits um, getting longer and longer and longer with hundreds and hundreds of people. And I just, I, I personally have a hard time understanding how issues like this continue to happen. Is it that the teams are too big and there's just too many moving parts and just, uh, you know, the, 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 the more complicated something gets, though, the more potential there is for something to go wrong. And so is it that these games are getting too big? And, um, you know, as as a result, you know, we're, we're you know, we're just starting to see uh, bugs and issues like this more and more often. You know, we, we, we've heard about the uh, the unfortunate uh, existence of something that's called crunch time, which is, you know, uh, in the, um, you know, days or weeks or whatever before a game is going to come out where you know the developers are under such pressure to hit their hit their goals and hit their due dates and hit that launch date where you know many of them will you know will you know do with maybe just a couple hours of sleep at the office and not see their families for days or even sometimes weeks at a time just to be able to get their game out and so of course when you have a situation like that you know people are tired and they're they're not rested and they're not uh, you know they're they're more likely to make mistakes so is that the problem? Is the problem that, um, you know, just a lack of quality control? Are we, are, are companies putting too much time and effort into the development and, you know, the soundtracks and, you know, getting Kevin Spacey to be an actor and not enough time into the bug testing and the quality control, you know? So, you know, is, is that the problem? You know, there, there, there are several different angles here. And so um, hopefully one of these shows soon here, I'll be able to get some people together who can have uh, an educated discussion on the topic. Um, but, um, you know, uh, you know, just, just editorially speaking, you know, I just, I hope that I, I'm afraid for companies because you know, I, I, you know, the, the video game industry is definitely not small. It's definitely not shrinking. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit silly to say, I hope gamers vote with their dollars and, um, you know, and that uh, companies learn their lesson and, you know, start 
making whatever changes they need to make to keep stuff like this from happening. But you know the um, just the the you know the 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 the, the the juggernaut that is the video game industry as a whole, you know, even if you had a quarter of the games or a third of the gamers, uh, a quarter of the gamers, a third of the gamers say, you know what? No, we're not buying these games anymore until you guys do whatever it is you need to do to fix the problem. Get more developers, pay your developers more, make sure they're well rested, uh, you know, hire more beta testers, whatever it is. Even if you had a third of gamers doing that, I'm pretty sure... Without crunching the numbers and looking at it, this is just this is just a guess. I'm pretty sure that the remaining two thirds of the of the the consumers out there would be more than enough to keep the industry going. So I, I I'm I'm afraid that we've reached almost like a point of no return here, where it is you know we're just you know I, what 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 I hope is not the case is that developers have are, have just adapted the mentality of saying, you know we're gonna do whatever we can, we'll make it as good as we can, and we'll just ship it and we'll fix it later. It certainly seems, at least to me, that uh, that there have been multiple games in this case, especially when you see, you know, the the day one patch has almost become a certainty um, these days. It's um, it's weird to me now if I if I if if I get a game on launch day and I pop it in, if it doesn't have a patch immediately ready to go, I'm shocked, frankly. And sometimes a little scared, maybe a little impressed, just depending on how my experience goes on from there. But I mean, look at the case of uh, of uh, the the Halo Master Chief Collection. That game had an on had a day one patch, fifteen gigabytes. That's probably more than half of the entire size of the game that came on the disc. I mean, just just something like that just absolutely boggles my mind. It's like was really is more than half of the game screwed up on that disc that you had the patch at day one. I mean, like, what about people that, you know, it's just like, I, you know, I, I don't want to get on a rant, but it's like, you know, at that point, you know, when the game is that broken out of the box, when it's that screwed up, when it's missing that much content, when, when, when it's that buggy, whatever, whatever that patch fixed, you know, just wait, (laughs) just, just, just wait a couple weeks, you know, because, you know, I, it doesn't seem like the lead time between a game, quote unquote, going gold, which means like, you know, they, they, they say it's done and they send it off to be pressed and manufactured and boxed and shipped out. You know, delaying it for a couple weeks and saving the PR, you know, the, the, the bad PR of saying like, hey, our game's so screwed up, we, you got to get this 15 gigabyte patch to fix, fix all this stuff that's wrong with it. To me, it seems worth it. Now, again... I certainly don't know the whole equation here, you know, so maybe, you know, maybe getting it in stores that much earlier before, uh, before the holidays makes that much of a difference. Maybe, um, you know, getting it, you know, in front of the other titles that are going to be coming out makes that much of a difference. I don't know, but, you know, in the long run, it hurts gamers. It hurts us because we have to, you know, take the time to download these patches. We have to take up our hard drive space to save it. We have to take up our internet bandwidth, and there are certainly plenty of people out there that have either poor or just, you know, slow or inadequate or limited internet bandwidth to be able to download 15 gigabytes. Um, If there's a way, you know, I, I have no idea if there's a way that you can... If you could take a flash drive or whatever over to a friend's house, download the update there, and then bring it home. Yeah, I don't know if that's a possibility or not. I'm blessed that I don't have to worry about that kind of a thing. But uh, there are certainly plenty of people that do. And, you know, situations like that only hurt those gamers. And so, you know, at, at some point, you know, like I say, I just hope companies, that, that these companies that are putting up products that are this damaged out of the gate, 
decide that they are going to make the changes, whatever they may be, so that they can make their product more stable out of the box because that'll help them, that'll help their, their PR situation, and it'll help the gamers, especially the ones that are in these limited internet bandwidth, storage, whatever situations. So, you know, we'll talk more about it later and the different factors, but at least that's my take on the matter. So, with that, um, those are the uh, top stories from the week. Now, normally, uh, longtime listeners of the show will know that next we uh, go into our feature. However, we're going to be flipping it up a little bit this week. Um, just because I don't, uh, I want to make sure that the, um, that the responses to our mailbag, uh, question this week get heard by the listeners. Um, cause, um, I think they're important and I think that they are, I think they're worth listening to. Um, so, uh, coming up next will be our mailbag. So our mailbag this week was, we asked, uh, listeners to write in and call in and, uh, let us know what their favorite uh, moments were over the past 86 episodes um, of, uh, of Mike, of uh, Viking Jesus. Um, you know, he was a founder of the show, uh, him and Goat, you know, put the show together. And, um, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to be brought in about, uh, I think it was about uh, 25 or so episodes in. It was definitely a sad day when uh, Mike announced that he uh, was going to be retiring from the show. So uh, I, uh, Goat and I had the idea that, um, that we would uh, sort of send him off with, um, with the best wishes possible. So we asked the listeners to help us out and uh, send some wishes his way. So Brian Lesser, former co-host, uh, writes on Facebook. Uh, we, we, we asked, you know, what, what, uh, what your favorite uh, Viking Jesus moments were. Um, Brian Lesser on Facebook says, uh, The Elmo voice, so magical and majestic, there is no way that could ever be recreated. Um, I uh, personally am not entirely sure that's a bad or a good thing. Uh, it definitely was <laughs> unique. Not having that around will certainly... Uh, well, it won't be the same. Uh, Sam Lanning says, um, I'm a fairly new listener. Only for a few months, I have enjoyed all three hosts and guest hosts. Uh, my moment to remember VJ is not one but many moments from all episodes. For some reason, I love when everyone gets off topic and without missing a beat, VJ says, Anyway, it's my best impression, and brings the group back. I have to say that might uh, make one good drinking game for one and a half hours every week. Uh, goodbye, VJ, but not really. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a good point. We, um, we definitely have managed to get off the rails multiple times and, uh, he always managed to bring us back on track. So I'll have to figure out who's going to be in charge of that now. And, uh, finally on the written side of things, Songbird, of course, writes in and she says, it's truly hard for me to decide which moments I would consider my favorite, but bar none, what I always look forward to was his laughter. Unquestionably, there's nothing in the show that I disliked. But when he or anyone else went into a laughing fit, it always put a smile on my face. Even more so was whenever my questions would result in absolute hilarity because it warmed my heart knowing I might have contributed something that'll be cherished in someone's memory, just as you guys will always be in mine. Still, this is about the lightning-loving, multi-voice-acting Disney fanatic Viking Jesus, and I wish him the best of luck as he continues to voyage through the unforgiving seas and merciless skies while blasting metal tunes to fuel his mighty vessel into the unknown. All hail. Uh, that's uh, it's all very true, Songbird. Thank you very much for that. And now we do have some voicemails, uh, the most we've ever had in a show before. Uh, several of our former uh, co-hosts have uh, called in to wish VJ well, so let's uh, let's see what they had to say. Mike, Mr. Mike Nimitz, the Viking Jesus himself. This is John Santiago uh, from V is for Villains. Just wanted to uh, say thanks for having me on the show, man. Uh, wish you best in all your future endeavors, and uh, 
couldn't thank you enough for having me out. I had a great time while I was there hanging with you and Charlie and Goat. Um, and best wishes, brother. You know, onward and uh, upward, as they say. Cheers. Hey, Mike. It's Brian. Just wanted to say, uh, hope everything's going well with you. And I uh, just wanted to wish you the best of luck on uh, everything you have in the future. Um, but most importantly, I wanted to say thank you for everything you've done for Gamerhead Radio. Um, even though I was only on for one episode, I still had a blast. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Getting the chance to meet the other, uh, the other guys that were on the episodes. It was fun. So I just want to wish you the best of luck and thank you for everything you've done. Take care, man. Hey, this is Dan, first time caller, long time listener, uh, five time co host. So, so, do I get that prize that was uh, mentioned by Saturday? Oh, yeah, co host part. That kind of disqualifies me. Anywho, just calling to wish Mike the best of luck in his future endeavors. Hope everything goes good for him. It's still sad to see him go. Hopefully, we, me and him can still talk RPGs every now and then, especially when uh, Typo gets released with that Final Fantasy 15 demo. Anywho, Mike, hope everything goes well for you. Good luck in your new job, and hope everything goes well for you. Hey, it's Goat with Goat Remote. Uh, uh, out in Cleveland today, freezing my ass off in the lovely Midwestern snow that I was trying to avoid so cautiously, but uh, is inevitably not happening. Uh, doing the same shit. Doing shows. Going from state to state. Doing shows. Um, still playing NHL 15, getting really good at it, because that's my options. And I've been working on Pokemon Black 2 as a I found a part to that. I'm not sure where that's going. Um, really sad to hear that VJ's leaving us. Uh, it's been nothing but good times, man. I wish you all the best, and I hope your next endeavor is just as profitable, if not more, than Camerahead. You will truly be missed as the voice of reason between me and me. Um, other than that, uh, not much else going on. I will check in next week. Later. Thanks, Goat, of course, for uh, your Goat remote and for yours and everyone else's comments. Um, my feelings on the matter, there's very little I can say that hasn't already been said. Um, the show is definitely not going to be the same without uh, without Mike's presence here. I certainly would have never wished to do the, do the show without him, but uh, I definitely... You know, all Goat and I can do is respect his wishes. And um, as everyone else said, just wish him the best on uh, whatever he's going to do next. Um, yeah, uh, you know, there's uh, you know, there's really not much I can say that hasn't already been said. So, um, you know, uh, all I can say is, Mike, I hope you listen to this episode. And I hope you, uh, you hear and you appreciate, you know, all the, uh, all the comments everyone's made. And just the, uh, you know, the, the impact you've had on everyone. I certainly thank you for creating Gamerhead Radio, uh, along with Goat, and um, for bringing me in. Uh, you know, initially just as uh, you know the tech, the geeky tech co-host, and uh, then bringing me in and you know allowing me to be here and to be uh, nicknamed Technotronicorn by Songbird, and uh, you know just allowing me to um, have a place to uh, just hang out and you know to have eighty-six episodes, you know eighty-six times, eighty-six weeks. 
of uh, being able to sit in the room and just talk about video games with friends for, for an hour and a half every week. I mean, I, I can honestly say that, uh, that, you know, doing the podcast with you was, was the thing I looked forward to doing the most every week. And so it, uh, it, uh, you will be missed and it definitely won't be the same. So all I can do is just again, say thank you and, uh, hope that whatever finds you next will treat you well. So now that we've all heard what the listeners, co-hosts, and hosts have had to say about uh, about Viking Jesus, let's see what Viking Jesus has to say about Viking Jesus, but not really. Um, what we've done is uh, we've collected some of his uh, some of his best moments over the last eighty six episodes and put them together for your combined listening pleasure. So um, it's it's only appropriate that we start off with the uh, the introductions that Mike brought to the show every week. Um, week after week, he managed to find some way. To start off the show, just to, to grab your attention and uh, kind of let you know what you were in store for. So here's some of our favorite introductions that Mike has given uh, given to the show. Today on Gamerhead Radio, we're canceling the show because we called each other a duty head. Today on Gamerhead Radio, I can see the future. Today on Gamerhead Radio, half the beard, twice the hangover. Hey, it's PJ. I'm on vacation this week, which means you get to deal with the other guys talking to you about video games. Please leave your disgruntled disappointment after the beat. Today on Gamerhead Radio... Kept you waiting, huh? Today on Gamerhead Radio... The day that a fighting game expert graced Gamerhead Radio to you was the greatest day of your life. To me, it was Sunday. Today on Gamerhead Radio... We... Oh, fuck it. Today on Gamerhead Radio... Snow! Fucking everywhere! Snow! Today on Gamerhead Radio... Let's work it! Let's sweat! Today on the Gamerhead Saga... Suck it, King! Sue me! Today on Gamerhead Radio... Please pay 49 cents to hear anything past the intro. Okay, today on the Limited Collector's Epic Legendary Game of the Year Diamond Definitive Ultimate Wub Wub Loot Chest Prepare to Die BFG Edition of Gamerhead Radio, we don't come with a statue. Today on Gamerhead Radio, I've got nothing. Today on Gamerhead Radio, yar, there be video games. Today on Gamerhead Radio, we're fabulous. <laughs> today on Gamerhead Radio, oh my god, I'm on fire! Ah! Today on Gamerhead Radio, episode 64! Breaking news coming out of Los Angeles. This is Viking Jesus with E3 News. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Have you have you seen Mike? Is he showing up? I think um I, I know he posted a, a, an Instagram picture in Utah. I think it was, but that was a while ago. I just I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. Last I heard, he was there. Wait, what is Wait. it? Guys, I'm here. Okay, let's do this. Today on Gamerhead Radio, we're announcing Gamerhead Access. All the Gamerhead Radio episodes you could want for the low low price of nothing. Today on Gamerhead Radio, our studio is filled with more hair than '70s porn. Today on The Talking Dead on. Gamerhead Radio, we're sued by AMC. Today on Gamerhead Radio. <laughs> Today on Gamerhead Radio, we're canceling Gamerhead Radio after two long years of development. Wait, what? Just kidding! Today on Gamerhead Radio, we're the only gamers in a good mood, apparently. Today on Gamerhead Radio, I'm full of sugar! Today on Gamerhead Radio, I'm gonna sing the Doom song now. Doom to Doom. Oh, okay, yeah, right now on Gamerhead Radio, we need to go forth and not do that. <laughs> stop it. Stop, stop. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first 
episode of the Gamerhead podcast. I am, of course, Viking Jesus, Mike Nemitz, the gaming god, the, 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 what other things do they call me? Uh, the guy who does stuff with guitars is usually it. Yeah, uh, it works for me. And, uh, <laughs> and by my side is none other than Goat. Just Goat. Just, I have no real name. Just Goat. So anyway, welcome to the first episode of the Gamerhead podcast. Uh, to give you guys a quick sum up on who we are, since it is the first episode, and you know, you, uh, I, I like to think you people would like to know who we are. Uh, myself, I've been a part of the video game industry for seven years now. Several. Sounds let's let, let's say several. Seven, several. They they sound similar. Yeah. Um, uh, writing for various sources. I used to write for Examiner.com as a video game industry examiner. I used to write for another website that shall not be named because I don't want to give them publicity, but I was the associate editor there. Um, if you're looking for that website, you internet uh, detectives can probably find it if you try hard enough. Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty easy. Yeah, it, it's just Google it. Um, but most recently, I'm better known as Viking Jesus, the video game musician who's performed with Video Games Live and had uh, uh, such high-profile requests such as legendary game designer uh, Tim Schafer and Grammy nominated composer Austin Wintry. Grammy nominated right now, but the Grammys are like tomorrow, so that might be a uh, Grammy winning by the oh, time. That's right. Yeah, okay. I'm a week behind myself. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Football he's last week, Grammys this week. He's he's not he's not even going to he's probably not even going to accept the award on TV. So it's it's uh, unfortunate, but it, accepted hey, at this point. An award an award. I don't care if I'm on TV or not. It's still on his shelf if he wins it. Works for me. Works for me. Look at Valve. They're privately owned, so they they don't have any shareholders whatsoever, and they love it. They operate just fine because they're yeah, they do whatever they want because they want because they're printing money with having the most popular PC gaming application of all time. Yeah. Aside from Windows. Um, yeah. And it's only a matter of time before Windows gets rid of them. Well, wait till the Steam Box comes out at some point. Um, <laughs> they're calling the Steam Box. They're not calling it the Steam Box. It's just that's anyway. Um, I'm hoping for Steamer, and it's made in Cleveland. <laughs> I think you made that joke last week. I'm gonna until it, 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 they actually come out the official title for it. I'm calling it the, the officially on this show. It'll, I, be, I, it'll be called the Cleveland. I, Steam I Box. swear, if if we get our hands on one of these things and it's called the Steamer, and I see anywhere on it that says made in cleveland yes. i will eat the damn thing and i will video it and it will be on the site within <laughs> seconds people seconds um but Aptly anyway titled vj eats a cleveland steamer <laughs> anyway hard to believe but a year ago today on march 23rd of 2012 i was nervously uh practicing with an unplugged electric guitar in the in the basement of the Arcata Theater. It, it, it's been a year already, and it's... it's Complete craziness. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's recap everything yeah. that's happened since then. Three VGL shows. Uh, that was the night that Viking Jesus was born, right there, uh, with the streaming on yeah. Twitch TV and everything like that. You know, he first announced me by my real name, Mike Nemitz, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the night, he was just like, everyone give it up for Viking Jesus. It was yeah. that quick. Yeah. Um, you were hatched. You were, you, on that stage, you, you, you were. Uh, uh, what's the word? Of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Born, conceived, yeah. conceived. You were conceived, <laughs> incubated, and hatched in one VGL performance within an hour. Yeah. Um, but also at the end of the week, uh, Ace Attorney Five 
uh, comes out on Thursday, oddly enough, and then uh, the new Batman game Arkham Origins will come out on Friday. Now, Phoenix Wright and Batman, of course, very different characters. One of them has a hard-on for justice and is, uh, you know, going through quirky adventures and probably banging his assistant. The other one is Phoenix Wright, so Ah. uh, I'd never get tired of that joke format. (laughs) Thank you, Craig Ferguson. This is going to be a busy week in games, ladies and gentlemen, because two games come out. Oh. Uh, well, more uh, like four games come out, but only two of them are anything that most people are going to pay attention to. So uh, the two big releases this week is a tiny little game called Titanfall and uh, Dark Souls, better known as Dark Souls 2. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm sticking to my Sean Connery joke because of the way the logo looks. Dark Souls 2 and uh, Titanfall, very different, by the way. Uh, one of the games will piss you off because of the online community, and the other one is Titanfall. However, the games that are coming out this week are Murdered Soul Suspect on virtually everything except Nintendo platforms. Um, <laughs> and Tamadachi Life, only on Nintendo platforms. <laughs> um so uh, you've got your choice of either a creepy detective game featuring a weird guy or a murdered soul suspect. So Madden 15 will be out. Also, uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright is coming out this Friday. Because Nintendo published game. Yeah, they can. <laughs> um, and the final episode of Season 2 of The Walking Dead by Telltale Games is coming out uh, to various platforms at various times later this week. Um but of course, uh, the two big releases are Professor Layton vs. Phoenix Wright and Madden. Two very different games, obviously. One game has two sides that a lot of people are waiting for and want to see which one prevails, and the other one, Madden 15. Th- this is a big week for game releases. Finally, the, the, the big releases are starting to roll out. It's gonna, the, the, the train is just going to keep rolling. The, one of the biggest games of the fall. Just, just Everyone's been waiting for it. There's, there's millions of dollars invested in it. There's no way it could be a commercial failure whatsoever. I, of course, say that NHL 15 is out this week. Oh, thank God. I've been waiting. <laughs> um, and and hang, hang on. What's, what's this? I'm getting a, a... Apparently, some game called Destiny is out this week, too. <laughs> I've never heard of this game. Some like indie game, I think. Also, in terms of game releases, uh, the two big releases this week will be FIFA 15 and Disney Infinity 2.0 Marvel Super Heroes. These games very different. No, I'm not even going <laughs> to get into it. It's far too easy. Along with that, the other thing I have is the announcement that Charlie's been bugging me to actually give for the past two or three weeks now. Um... I revealed that I'm uh, a part of the official soundtrack to the game The Banner Saga, which is a strategy RPG about Vikings. I can't imagine why I fit in so well. Um, I did a prepared electric guitar for the arrangement, uh, so I, I literally clamped down one of my old electric guitars to a workbench in my basement and threw shit at it and recorded the sound and sent it to a Grammy-nominated composer, Austin Wintory, where he uh, worked it into... Um, Beautiful recordings by the Dallas Wind Symphony, which is really weird to think about, but whatever. Um, And uh, the score includes, you know, such other notable artists as uh, Maluka and Peter Hollins and Taylor Davis, um, and all of them are incredibly talented and working well in the score. Uh, My stuff is more kind of like subtle, like in the background, but you can definitely hear it on a couple tracks. Um, The soundtrack and the game both released January 14th, which if our schedule goes well, is the same day that this podcast will be released. Um... Uh, the soundtrack can be bought on Austin Wintery's Bandcamp, austinwintery.bandcamp.com, as well as the physical copies will be made available eventually, unlike Amazon and wherever CDs are sold, I guess. 
Um, the game itself uh, will be released for PC via Steam, as well as Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to beating the game to see my name in my first video game ever. Congrats, man. That's really cool. I'm, 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 I'm very I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm going to have to buy two physical albums, one to open and look at the credits, the other one to just kind of sit there and just like, hey. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio. I am, of course, Viking Jesus Mike Nimitz, the man that's not going to make a 69 joke, no matter how badly some people in this room want me to. <laughs> that's right, it's episode 69, and Charlie has been very adamant in making sure that I knew that the entire recording process today. Uh, Songbird says, so apparently Sears is telling me there's a GPS system inside my Nintendo 3DS. If you guys haven't brought it up yet, if you mind, could you read their description of it? I have it pasted below. Wait, um, oh, what? thank you, Songbird. Well, um, oh, sorry. So here's, Sears. Sears. Uh, Kmart? Sears? Yes, Kmart Sears. Like, the, like Sears, the department store that sells things. That are closing left and right. Uh-huh. But they're not out of business. Well, here, they let, still let me, exist. Let me read the description and let's uh, let's go over okay. this. Get a three-dimensional view of the action with a Nintendo 3DS. When it comes to handheld gaming, you can't beat the three-dimensional phone of a Nintendo 3DS. While other handheld gaming systems focus on graphics and sound, Nintendo... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wall. <laughs> Nintendo looked for a new and creative way to play games, this time in 3D. D, 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 D. Thank you, Echo. Uh, the technology in the Nintendo 3DS allows the user, the, user, the user to view games and content in 3D without having to wear those silly glasses. Basically, the screen sends a different image to each eye so that you get the full effect of objects flying at you in three dimensions. Not to mention that real 3D isn't about objects flying at you. Does it actually say, basically? Yeah. Oh my god, this was written by a, an intern. Clearly. Uh, yeah. Hang on, it gets better. Oh, it gets better. Here we go. It still has two screens and the traditional gameplay buttons. However, this version, aside from offering three-dimensional pictures, has added features to enhance your gaming experience. The 3DS has a built-in gyroscope, which means that moving your device will affect gameplay as much as hitting the down button. <laughs> I'm imagining people reading that and like playing their 3DS perfectly still because they don't want <laughs> Mario to go barreling off a cliff. Yeah. Or just fall through. Um... The 3DS also has three cameras so that you can get a clear picture every time. Uh, one one facing you, two on the outside for 3D pictures. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget about the third. Um, plus, the 3DS allows you to project your games onto images of your room, which is pretty cool if you want to incorporate real-life objects into your gaming experience. Oh, the, the whole AR the, stuff, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is, like, minimal at best. Yeah. If you want to do something, if you want to do something besides game, the 3DS can do that too. You have the opportunity to download games and look at content online from your Nintendo DS. <laughs> wait, wait, wait if you don't want a game, you, you, you can download game, games. You can download <laughs> games. Uh, additionally, the DS has a built-in GPS, which means you don't have to buy a separate Garmin or TomTom when you take a road trip. You can also take a trip down memory lane by downloading and playing games from older systems like Game Boy Advance, as well as games from the popular NES and Super NES console systems. Um, that's not true, by the way. <laughs> Oh, that entire paragraph isn't true, except for if you want to play, if you want to do something besides play games, you can download games. Um, if you they don't have, have Virtual to, Console on 3DS, they do, but limited. They don't have Super Nintendo games, and oh, okay. they don't have uh, well, they don't have Game Boy Advance games, except for the uh, Ambassador program, which I was in. Yeah, it's so, yeah. very limited. It's not like a plethora. Yeah, um, if you want a handheld gaming device that is easily to, that is easily to personalize, what? 
That is easily to per- it says that. Easily depersonalized. <laughs> easily to personalize and fun for the whole family. Then a Nintendo 3DS should be exactly what you need with a great variety of games for just about anyone. It's a fun and lighthearted system that can also in- produce realistic graphics and gameplay. Wait a minute! They just spent half a paragraph saying Nintendo didn't focus on graphics, and they're like, they focused on graphics. God damn, we could do a better job than this. Wow. We have on accident. You can yeah. <laughs> you can play many of your favorite Wii ga- Okay, hang on. You can play many of your favorite Wii games as well as games from the classic <laughs> Nintendo systems anytime you want and anywhere you are, making this the ultimate accessory for long road trips and endless flights. Whoa. No, none of that is true. Hold on, Sears. <laughs> You've just gone into Volcano Insurance Guy in Chicago, alright? <laughs> like, it'll make coffee, it'll take your kids to school, it'll Buy you a house. It doesn't do any <laughs> of that. It'll make your mother-in-law tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want, hang on, last paragraph. I promise. If you want to get started with a fin, with a fin pocket-sized gaming, I think that's supposed to be fine pocket-sized. No, it's finished. Fin, whatever. With a fin pocket-sized <laughs> gaming adventure, then come to Sears. Well, we will outfit you with everything you need to have the ultimate Nintendo 3DS experience. Start with a console and a few games. Then customize your device so no one else in the family feels entitled to play on your system. <laughs> you can opt for decorative covers and cases as well as custom stylus options that fit every personality. Don't forget to add on extra charger options and other accessories to round out your experience. Browse your great selection to pick out something you will love and play, for, play with for years to come. Wow! Guys, normally we have a top five, but Nintendo decided to put out a Nintendo Direct this week about Smash Brothers on Wii U, where they talked about 53 things that we didn't know about the Wii U version of the game, which is so big that it's taking up two other spots. And we asked it to buy another ticket, but I mean, it, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, Nintendo. it's Nintendo, so we, get, we, so we have to be nice. So here's what we're going to do. Um, so numbers three through five, or five through three, rather, are going to be... All of the things they said on the Nintendo Direct, lightning round style, by yours truly. Just just remember, this is better than us deciding to have a top 57. <laughs> um, I feel like there should be a timer. There's kind of a timer. We'll, we'll just go off of that. Okay, so, so, someone, someone tell me when to go. And go. Number one, some of the 3DS games, hidden characters like Ganondorf and Ness will be unlockable from the start in the Wii U version. Number two, the Wii U version has a much higher resolution. Duh. Uh, three, eight, player smash. You can have up to eight people on some stages. Number four, bigger stages like Hyrule Temple, a classic from the GameCube game and other games. Number five, a new feature called Danger Zone. Danger Zone! Not the song. Some stages will have lava patches that will hurt, kill you. Uh, number six, one stage based on Donkey Kong Country Returns lets you battle on two different planes at once, one in the background and one in the foreground. Number seven, more stages than the 3DS version, thank fucking god. Number eight, including a Miiverse stage that will highlight Miiverse posts for each Smash Fighter as you play. Number nine, Palutena will add commentary when you play as Pit, not unlike Snake's Codex in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Number ten, Metal Face from Xenoblade Chronicles will appear on the Gower Plains stage. Number eleven, Ridley will appear! 
but he's not playable. Number, <laughs> number 12, in addition to stock and time modes, you'll be able to fight with coin battles again for some reason. Number 13, stamina battles too. In those, you'll lose your HP when your HP gets to zero in an inversion of the usual Smash formula. Number 14, there's a mode called Special Smash, where you can change around the rules and do all sorts of funny things. Number 15, you'll be able to change item frequency in this one, unlike the 3DS version for some reason again. <laughs> number 16, there's a function called My Music that will let you set how frequently you want songs to appear during each battle, like Brawl. 17, you can change the menu music too, like Brawl. 18, the Wii U version will have way more music than the 3DS version did, like... Not like Brawl. Uh, 19, <laughs> more composers too! Number 20, you can collect CDs in the game that will get you more tracks, like... Never mind, do you get it? <laughs> uh, Number 21, there are way more challenges than the 3DS version. Number 22, classic mode will be very different. You'll advance based on how well you do, rather on which order you want to do things. 23, clearing classic mode will get you individual character clear movies. 24, all-star mode will be in reverse chronological order this time around instead of the actual chronological order. 25, the new event mode will take you on a whole bunch of different themed battles. 26, the Wii U's version of Smash Run is a board game mode called Smash Tour, in which you'll compete on a big old Mario Party-style map, collecting fighters and items as you move your Miis around the board, also presumably murdering your co-players. Number 27, there's a Target Blast minigame in which you launch big old bombs at various targets, which is also in the 3DS version, so I'm not sure why they mentioned that. Number 28, you can play with other people in the stadium now, even for Target Blast, which is apparently something people want. 29, there's a new mode called Special Orders, in which the big bosses, Master Hand and Crazy Hand, will give you unique challenges and commands. Some of of them are masterful, some of them are crazy. I feel really bad about that, I'm sorry. Uh, number 30, Master <laughs> Fortress is a new sort of boss battle in which the Master Core, from the 3DS version, will actually turn into a motherfucking dungeon that you have to conquer. Number 31, you can play the game with lots of controllers, from the Wii U gamepad to the Wii Remote Nunchuck, and literally every controller that Nintendo has released for the past three console generations. Number 32, there's a GameCube controller adapter. As you knew, you can use GameCube controllers to play. 33, for some reason, you can use the 3DS as a controller. 34, you can bring custom characters from your 3DS to your Wii U, which we also already knew. 35, lots more trophies, mostly from the console games, not the handheld games. 36, you can get final Smash trophies by surviving All-Star mode with each character. 37, there's a trophy box! So you can show off all these new trophies if you feel compelled to do so. 38, Photo Studio is a new mode in which you can arrange your trophies and take ridiculous pictures that will certainly not be abused at all. <laughs> 39, you can collect trophies in multiplayer Trophy Rush. 40. With a strange new mode called Masterpieces, you can actually play timed demos of classic Nintendo games like Super Mario World and Earthbound. Then, once your timer is up, you can go buy them on the Wii U's virtual console. Capitalism! Also in Brawl. Um, <laughs> complete with capitalism. 41. You can level up your amiibo characters. They'll gain experience, fighting, and boost stats when you give them equipment to gobble up. Also, you'll probably lose the figures in your vacuum on occasion. 42. The Wii Land Adapter is compatible with the Wii U. Use that if your Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> 43. You'll get notifications in the main menu because we're not sick of those in video games yet. 44. You can team up with people sitting on the, your couch to play online together because Nintendo understands that people still like to play in the same room. Uh, 45. Eventually, Nintendo is going to add a mode where you can host and join tournaments. No official release date or anything has been announced. 46. Nintendo's going to have tournaments too. Yay! 
47, the gamepad will mirror the screen and can also show information about how much damage characters have taken. 48, you can only take, not only can you take screenshots, as you can in the 3DS version, apparently, you'll be able to draw on them with the gamepad. Rad! Eventually, you'll be able to share them online, too. <laughs> 49, voice chat, but not in-game, just between matches. 50, stage builder. You'll be able to make your own stages on the gamepad. 51, you'll also be able to share stages eventually. That feature isn't ready yet. Because the game's not out yet. Imagine that. Uh, 52, all the Joins the Battles reveal movies that we've seen over the past few years are in the game. Number 53, if you buy both the 3DS and Wii U versions and register them in Club Nintendo by January 13th, you can get a two-disc soundtrack set from Nintendo, one disc focusing on the 3DS version of the game, the other on the Wii U version. And this isn't on the list I'm reading off of Kotaku. Thank you, Kotaku. Um, but number 54, if you buy both games and register them, you can get Mewtwo as a motherfucking downloadable character for free! How'd I do? Four um, minute, four minutes, fifty seconds. Nice. It's a lot of clips over a lot of shows covering just about every side of VJ you could possibly imagine, except for one, one side that I have saved, uh, saved for last, just because, well, really is saving the best for last. Uh, if there's anything that I think uh, most people are going to miss more than anything else, like Brian Lesser said, it's the voices. <laughs> Disney's exact words were that they're, well, not exact because I don't have them in front of me, but yeah. roughly. And you can't do the Mickey Mouse voice. Do you, I, do you want me to? No, I'm sorry. Every time I see Disney, I'm like, I automatically think Mickey's we're talking. We're closing down LucasArts, and we're changing it into a licensing program so that we can minimize losses. That was amazing. <laughs> That's exactly how I read that in my mind. Coming in at number four. Okay, I have to do the voice. Are you guys ready? Are you, are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. What you gonna do, brother, when Crazy Taxi has Hulk Hogan as your driver? Sorry, okay, I'm done. Panic. <laughs> Panic, yes, that's the appropriate response. Um, pay him his fare? <laughs> and with that, if you like what you hear, like us on Facebook, yes! facebook.com slash GamerHeadRadio. Yes! Follow us on Twitter, at GamerHeadRadio. I'm at Viking Games Live. He's at Sir Goatsworth. He's at T-E-K Charlie. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> we're on Google Plus. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on fucking everything. We're on our own website. Please, whatever you listen to us on, plus one us, five stars, upvote us, thumbs up us, whatever it is on whatever venue you listen to us on. If you... <laughs> You're doing so good! If you have any questions for us or comments or anything, send an email to editors at GamerHeadRadio.com or send a phone call to 94926Gamer. You're losing it a little bit? I can't go cracking up. And Come on, rally, rally! I'm just waiting for a Queen reference. <laughs> like, call us on the Queen's email. I'm trying. I'm losing. <laughs> Come on, Reginald, finish it. And with that, Gamerhead Radio is brought to you by the Ono, oh the opposite of the Ouya, because it actually does things that you might enjoy. Uh, guys, um, this is Mickey Mouse. Um, I can't, um, there's, there's a Viking guy here that, that told me to call you guys because, um, he, well, he won't leave. Um, he's asking to buy the castle and 
it's not for, it's not even technically ours. It's Cinderella's, and he he won't stop climbing it. Um, if you could just uh, you know, come down here and retrieve him or something, that'd be great. Bye. And finally, there's one more clip I'd like to play. This is my personal favorite moment of Mike from the last uh, from from every episode of Gamerhead Radios. Um, this is uh, it's actually from a recent one, number 84. Uh, the episode titled "One Good Thing." This is Mike talking about how he got his start playing guitar in the first place, and uh, just out of everything, just this this story in particular is uh, has been my it was my favorite uh, memory of the show so far. Just uh, I think it's a really great story. So here it is. Okay, so I, I have one more because I I had a feeling like no matter what this would feel like just everyone involved talking and sounding all nostalgic, and I wanted this to be a little bit less nostalgic to prove that it doesn't have to be just like memories from forever ago and stuff like that even though this was nine years ago um so in 2005 um i was in a best buy i don't remember where it wasn't like around here uh but again i was with my mom i'm not sure why we were there um and i was looking around in the video games and stuff like that i was an avid gamer at this point um, looking around at stuff and seeing what i could spend my allowance on i made what was it like 30 bucks a month as long as I did my chores and allowance and stuff like that. Um, oh, your parents are using the old system. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the formula was always my age times two every month as long as my chores got done. So so I was 15, so I got 30 bucks a month. Oh, you're up to 48. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> I, still, I still do make that joke with my parents every birthday. It's like, so I get $48 now? <laughs> and then they just kind of look at me like, uh, you make that joke every year. Stop it. So anyway, so the year's 2005. I'm in a Best Buy. My mom is looking for whatever. I'm looking around at video games. And I see this display model. There's this weird, clicky, squeaky guitar on display with buttons on it. It's for game. It's like, what? Guitar Hero? What a fucking weird game. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, Goat's looking at me funny. Why is he looking at I me funny? I'm in so much pain that was nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him like, this is really cool. I didn't play guitar at this point. Like, I love, like, music. I love the music that I do now, but I, I never, like... Made it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was looking at him like, this is okay. It's kind of small, but whatever. I, I slung the strap over my shoulder, and I didn't know how to adjust the strap, so the guitar was up <laughs> by my nipples. And it was ukulele like, style. Okay, whatever. Everybody plays ukulele style. <laughs> And I'm looking, there were like four songs on the demo, and like one of them was, um, uh, one of them was Franz Ferdinand, one of them was, um, there was a Ramon song on the first one, wasn't there? Uh, I want to be sedated. That one. There was a Ramon song on there that was, uh, Bark at the Moon on it, Mm -hmm. and then there was, um, oh god, I don't remember the last one. It was another metal song, but I don't remember what it was. Um... And, and, and I really, it's like, okay, Bark at the Moon, sure. And so I put on that, and I'm trying to figure out how to play. And the first time anyone ever plays a music game like that, they never get the first few notes because they try to figure out, especially if you've never played, like, a guitar before, you don't yeah. know that you have to hold down the button and strum at the same time, mm-hmm. or you think you need to keep hitting the button, yeah. you know, when it comes up and stuff like that. And, of course, I played on easy, but I played that demo for, like, an hour while my mom was off doing whatever. I don't, I really don't remember what she was doing in a Best Buy for an hour. Um, Your mother leaves you alone in stores a long time. <laughs> I'm a pretty trustworthy kid, apparently. Um, 
But in that hour, I managed to get the hang of it so much that I, ma- I managed to make my way up to medium. And I'm like, oh, I'm an extra button. This is this is <laughs> this is big time now. But I was playing it so much, and my mom was watching it. She was watching it from far away, and she's like, "You've been playing the same four songs for an hour." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's really fun. It's really cool." And 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 she's like, "Well, do you, do you want it?" And I'm like, "I I love it." There there was one bundle left on the show. Remember guys, this is this was a $70 bundle that for those of you who knew the Guitar Hero craze when it first came out, you couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there was one of these on the shelf there and the fact that my mom was just like, "Do you want it?" and like, "But I don't have the money for it." And she's like, "No, I'll get I'll I'll cover the rest." I'm like, really? That, that was the first time like my mom seized the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. Here's here's my thirty bucks. Let me just let me. So we got it and we brought it home and I'm, I set it up and I still sucked at it. But it only took maybe like two or three weeks for me to work all my, all the way up to expert and be able to play the expert songs and stuff like that. I remember the first time I ever hundred percented Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. Oh my god, hundred <laughs> percented, not just finished on expert. Hundred wow. percented. The first time I ever did that, I literally ripped the guitar controller out of the PlayStation, brought it outside, and threw the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) And then I immediately walked over and made sure I didn't break it. (laughs) And I still have it hanging up in my room, and it's got all this stupid, like, paint on it, because I thought it was really cool, and I arranged the stickers in a way that it's just like, yeah, now the lightning is going to be causing the fire, and (laughs) put these stars here. I'm just like, oh my god, I was... So 15 years old. Um, and then I just got so good at that. And then, you know, Guitar Hero 2 came out. I got that. And, and I started playing it. And I it, I got bored with it. And that's what eventually led to me with my mom saying, well, what if you got a real one? <laughs> so that's what led to... I still remember. It was June... 10th 2007 when my mom and I went to Target got one of those $90 starter kits that you see with the with the you the, can play guitar was too the, was it the Maroon 5 dude what's his name huh was it the were they was it the Maroon 5 one uh, no, 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 no 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 um it, this was just a normal. This was just like oh, okay. an off-brand, like Gibson kind okay. of thing. Um, it wasn't Maestro. It was. It, it said Gibson on it, but oh, it, was, okay. it was. You know, it was, it was basically just like a Les Paul ripoff, but right. it was like super heavy. Um, and then I started, and then I started playing that, and I couldn't get the hang of it because it wasn't like Guitar Hero, and so I got really, I got really discouraged, and so I played it for like half an hour, and then it just sat in the corner for a while. And my mom again noticed. She's like, "You were really good at Guitar Hero. Why aren't you playing your guitar?" I'm like, "No, it's too hard." She's like, and she, I love this too. She knows how competitive I am. If she says I can't do something, then I'll do everything to prove her wrong. <laughs> so the next day, I come home from school, and I hear like really bad like guitar playing like i had just like a 10 watt amp um that i was all excited because it was a 10 watt dean guitars amp because i knew dean guitars because dimebag daryl is one of my favorite favorite musicians and he fucking put dean guitars on the map that amp sounded horrible i still have it somewhere um (laughs) i finally met that person Oh my God! Dime touched it. No, no it says D nine, but he touched it. <laughs> okay, dude. Hey, he used to be that person. I just say, <laughs> I can't say much. Yeah, I was gonna say the person wearing a Primus hoodie. I went to the show. <laughs> Don't judge. Well, I couldn't have gone to a Pantera show in two thousand seven. I could have. That hurts too. <laughs> no, no, no. I said in two thousand seven. Oh, no. no. The last time I seen him was like oh three. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, 
So, and so I, I hear like bad guitar playing and I go upstairs and my mom is in my room with my guitar and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, if you're not going to play it, I'm going to play it. Yeah. I'm like, I'll <laughs> show you. And the rest is history. Wow. I played guitar for four hours that night and every night that week. And eventually. So does your, did your starter kit come with like a book or like a CD or something that you used or no. did you? Just, no, just, just no. a guitar. It didn't even come with the practice amp. I had to go to, to Hicks Brothers over in Batavia yeah. for uh, the amp. It's the uh, it's the uh, just add player boxes. Where you see, get... now now they come with amps. Now they come with like, oh, yeah. like five or ten. But back then, right. it this, was this one didn't. Yeah. This one just had the guitar, a bag, which I, I I also still have, an extra set of strings, picks, and it whoa, had like whoa. whoa, it had a tent in the shape of a guitar. <laughs> they called a bag. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> um. Actually, now that I think about it, I think it did come with like a CD or a DVD or something like that. But yeah. I never like I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. It came with the uh, <laughs> it came with the twenty quick lessons, probably. But but literally, yeah. that's all the CD said. Twenty quick lessons. I believe you. <laughs> I, yeah, I spent some time at guitar mm-hmm. working at Guitar Center. I think I know exactly what you're talking that's, about. Yep, that's uh, that's one of my favorite memories for obvious reasons. It, it the Guitar Hero started me on a whole new career path. So, wow. And Crazy, huh? Tells us that Mike's not a self-starter. We have to tell him he can't do it, so he'll do it. <laughs> so thanks for sticking around and uh, joining us through this retrospective of uh, Viking Jesus' time here with us at Gamerhead Radio. Uh, we've said it a hundred times, but we're definitely going to miss Mike around here. Next week, we're going to have uh, friends of the show Travis Lanning and Dan Hlotke in to talk about the uh, seemingly ever-worsening situation of Black Friday in retail. And uh, just in, you know, just uh, discussing the topic in general, we covered it last year, but we've got a lot of new listeners with us. And uh, so we're going to revisit it again because uh, the situation just seems to be getting worse. So uh, for the mailbag question for next week, please write in and let us know just what your thoughts on Black Friday and Black Thursday and Cyber Monday and seeing Black Friday pop up in other months of the year and just that whole situation and just the uh, the abuse of this 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 term i guess whatever you want to say at this point uh just uh, write in let us know what you think uh but otherwise that's it for this week so uh we're gonna go ahead and close out the show in pretty much the only appropriate way we possibly could thanks for listening and we'll see you next week if you like what you hear like us on facebook facebook.com slash gamerhead radio follow us on twitter at gamerhead radio i'm at breaking games live he's at sir goatsworth he's at t-e-k johnny Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs>